Welcome to Talking Biotech, the podcast dedicated to exploring the latest advancements in biotechnology, sponsored by Calabra, the R&D software that accelerates scientific discovery with AI. Each week, we'll dive into the latest innovations and discoveries with industry leaders and pioneers. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin Fulta. Welcome to the Talking Biotech Podcast. It's the weekly podcast about agriculture and medicine with an emphasis on biotechnology and the good things it can do for people and the planet. My name is Modesta Abugu. I'm from the Horticultural Sciences Department in the University of Florida. And I'm happy to be here again with the guest for this podcast. Our guest today is Mr. Francis Onyekachimwanko. He's a program manager for the African Agricultural Technology Foundation, AATF. Mr. Francis was with us a few months back and he spoke to us about the BTKLP projects in Africa. But today we're going to take a totally different turn and we'll be talking about the seed companies in Africa and the stewardship programs that AATF carries out in, for biotechnology products. You know, in, in Africa, there has been this narrative that the anti-GMO people always use, and they say that um, G- GMO crops is taking African farmers away from saving seeds. So we'll be learning more about what this, what this narrative means and the platforms and the framework that is in place to use and solve this problem of farmers saving seeds. So we are very happy to have Mr. Francis here to talk to us about this. Welcome, Francis. Thank you very much, Modesta. It's great to be here again. Okay. Um, can we get a little bit of a background about the seed systems in Africa? Tell us how it works. Okay. Uh, before now, the seed systems in most parts of Africa was largely informal, but right now it is getting formalized, especially in the southern and in the eastern part of Africa, where their system, where their seed system is well developed. In central and western part of Africa, the seed system is still coming up. It's in the process of becoming formal. In some countries, it's already formal, like in Nigeria and in Ghana, the seed system is formal. Before now, farmers were used to saving their seeds and planting seeds that they have generated over years, which may not be of very good quality in terms of uh, giving them the maximum yields that they expect. But with the advent of uh, new technologies, and farmers are beginning to demand for these technologies. The systems are also improving. I will give much example with Nigeria, where a lot of activities are going on with regards to new technologies. So the C system in Nigeria is now developed, but the old system is still existing because some farmers are still planting their saved seeds, but more farmers are increasingly demanding for improved 
varieties and this is really the the reason for the thriving of the seed system making it to improve at this time that's interesting to know so are there seed companies in africa what's the chain of distribution there are a lot of seed companies in in africa uh, but like I'm saying, Africa is very vast, so I may also narrow it down to Nigeria. Nigeria has um, over a hundred seed companies right now, and they are producing seeds, and farmers are buying these seeds. Over a hundred seed companies in Nigeria alone, uh, because you also know that the population of Nigeria is huge, and um, there's a lot of uh, farmers mainly smallholder farmers and so these state companies are targeting much of the smallholder farmers and so the system is improving okay and the chain of distribution is it um uh, from the government or is it does directly the farmers get to buy it from the breeders the government is beginning to hands off from seed distribution except in some few cases but even when they get involved they to the government itself also buys from the seed company so the chain of distribution is actually um there are classes of seed in nigeria the first class is a breeder seed which is still being controlled by the by research mostly the public research national research system and international research systems that exist in nigeria so they 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 are in charge of the breeder seed they they develop the breeder seeds and once they develop the breeder seeds it it leaves their hands and go to the private sector the seed companies who now produce the foundation seed the early generation seed as well as the certified seeds and distribute to the farmers. So the chain of distribution is one research, which is largely controlled by the public research institutes, and then to the seed companies, which are private seed companies, and then down to other players in the in the chain, like the agro dealers you know the extension service extension service is a combination of both both um, public sector and private sector because some big farmers or some uh, some people who deal on large scale seed seed uh, demand seed market seed trade actually uh, have farmers in their network they provide some of the inputs you know like um and uh, a contract farming kind of arrangements and so they provide extension services as, as well and then the agro dealers and the small uh, seed traders so this is what the chain looks like the government provide the regulation and then the public research institutes handle the breeder seed and the seed companies, which are privately owned, handle the foundation seed and the certified seed. Oh, that's great. So could you refresh our mind on some of the biotech seeds that, that is available in Nigeria now and how are they regulated? Okay, right now in Nigeria, 
we have um, the cotton which has been deregulated as well as commercialized and then we also recently we have the bt cowpea which has also been um, deregulated and also commercialized released as a variety so the uh, you might be aware the national safety management agency is the regulatory body in in charge of um, biosafety for genetically engin engineered crops and when after the after that there's a committee that is in charge of maintaining the quality of seed but this has nothing to do with if it is a biotech or not any seed whatsoever the national agricultural seed council in nigeria will regulate it to make sure that what gets to the farmers are certified seeds that will give them maximum benefit so that's uh, then uh, these are the regulatory aspects and it is quite uh, straightforward so th those regulations apart from the biosafety regulation apply to every seed whether it is gm biotech seeds or conventional seeds you, you, from what you explained those those biotech products are majorly controlled by the government by the government the seed companies regulated by the government or are there like um international companies also that play a, a role in um distributing biotech seeds to farmers yeah let, let, let me let me make this correction uh seeds are not largely controlled by the government what the government does like in every country in other places is just to regulate and they regulate to ensure that the quality is 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 um, assured so that's the role of the government um it's mainly the private sector yeah the international the large corporations are also in nigeria but they deal with more uh, like um, in maize well in cotton as uh, in corn and in cotton as well so they register like any other company and sell their seeds produce their seeds in nigeria and sell like any other company you know the nigerian law does not allow you to bring seeds and sell in nigeria you just have to even if it's a technology that is developed somewhere you have to do two seasons of adaptation in nigeria and then integrate it with the with the national research systems who will now control the breeder seed that you have and the the seed company now will take it from there to produce a foundation seed and the certified seed in nigeria so there are some um big seed companies in nigeria as well who are producing but they produce according to the laws of nigeria they don't just bring seeds and distribute we are still talking with Mr. Francis Onyeka Chinwanko. He is the program officer at the African Agricultural Technology Foundation (AATF), and we'll be back in just a moment.
In trying times, it's all hands on deck to fight the scourge of misinformation. Journalist Cameron English and scientist Kevin Fulda dissect critical stories in the news on the Science Facts and Fallacies podcast. How real are the COVID-19 therapies? Who can you trust for good information? What's happening now in the world of genetic engineering? These topics and more are discussed every week on the Science Facts and Fallacies podcast over on the Genetic Literacy Project website and on Apple Podcasts. It's informative, entertaining, and guaranteed to help you become more conversant in the current issues in agriculture, medicine, and technology. That's Science Facts and Fallacies with Cameron English and Kevin Fulta. Every Wednesday via the Genetic Literacy Project. And now, back to this week's podcast. And now we are back on the Talking Biotech podcast, where we've been speaking with Mr. Francis Onyeka Chinwanko about stewardship of agricultural biotech crops. Um, Mr. Francis, so I've heard, I've heard most of the arguments that anti-GMO groups make in Nigeria. And so one of the arguments that we usually get from anti-GMO groups is about the quality of this GMO seeds. Is there a framework in place for ensuring the quality is maintained? Seed quality is um, an important aspect of um, the seed systems. And it doesn't have to do whether it is biotech or not. Every seed needs to maintain a very good quality. For some of those uh, antis who raise issues about quality, the fact is that Nigeria itself has a law that deals on the quality of seed. But to go a step further, we also have a stewardship program for all the biotech products in, 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 in Nigeria. I will talk specifically about the cowpea. The cowpea has a whole stewardship plan, and the stewardship plan begins with quality management systems, which, like I said before, the National Agricultural Seed Council, as part of their regulatory role, ensures that the quality of the seed is maintained otherwise it will not be released to the public as as certified to the farmers as certified seed so in terms of this the seed quality looks at things like uh, are there some adventitious presence in it uh, things like um, uh, moisture content you know those kind of things so the issue of quality is always guaranteed when the seed is coming from the 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 formal seed systems which is controlled by the seed companies because the stewardship system as regards the quality 
looks at going to the 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 regulators go to the breeders and see the process of production of breeder seed also go to the foundation seed production and see the process of the production up to the certified seed so this enhances the quality and you know once a biotech product or a regulated product has been deregulated it becomes like any other seed in the market and follows similar quality parameters so but for an additional to build an additional confidence in the minds of the public that's why we have also developed a whole stewardship plan for each of these uh, products basically the products in nigeria for both the cotton and the cowpea are uh, insect insect resistant insect uh, protected uh, you know products bt products so the stewardship pattern is similar so it looks at the quality management systems and then it looks at insect resistance management and then looks at the necessary training and retraining that has to be done so that farmers will be able to comply to the stewardship requirements and part of that insect resistance management is has to do with uh, farmers ensuring that there will be refuge refuge uh, simply means if you are planting bt crops you ensure that there is a portion around that crop that are planted with either conventional uh, seeds or uh, some form of wild type of that particular uh, crop or alternative hosts that the insects can find as a refuge in you know so that's what um, the refuge is all about and we have a whole a whole plan of stewardship and the purpose of uh, this uh, stewardship plan is just to enhance the durability of the product which makes it good for the farmer as well as for the developer well, while, while this stewardship sounds like an amazing program, we, we know that no good thing comes at no cost. So what is the cost of this on the farmers? And who is in charge of regulating this? Who is in charge? Which organization actually informs all of these stewardship programs? Uh, the concept of stewardship might sound like additional burden to farmers. But it's also additional advantage to farmers. Prior to this time, people were not paying attention to the importance of stewardship for the products that are already being planted by farmers. But you know, if you do something well, you will also expect a good result. Now, stewardship is not something that is being um a body that tries to regulate it but it's just something that has to do with um the farmer as being responsible and then the developers also being responsible the fact that the developer wants 
to be in business. He also feels that there's a responsibility to make himself to be in business because to, uh, stewardship helps the developer of the product to get the buy-in and the confidence of the customers, which in this case are the farmers. So the, the developers or the seed companies are willing to commit to ensuring the stewardship because their, their long-term profitability and their long-term integrity as a company depends on how their product is being managed and how sustainable and durable their product is. So this is on the part of the developer. And then on the part of the farmer too, we realize that the farmer this time around is not just saving seed and getting little or nothing after you know days of toiling in the field. Now he is willing to commit some resources in terms of buying the seed but for your information, the copy we're talking about is actually royalty-free. So farmers are not paying anything like, um, you know, additional cost because the technology was given on a humanitarian basis. But of course, the, the value that the seed companies will add will also be, I mean, will be paid for. And because farmers have seen you know have seen the profitability they are always willing to commit those resources and when they commit the resources they are also willing to follow the guidelines because their 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 inputs financial inputs is in it so it's uh, not necessarily it's not adding additional burden to farmers, but it's adding additional value and additional knowledge that you know increases the yield and the production that the farmers expect as against toiling uh, for a whole season and getting little or nothing. Yes, that, that sounds uh, pretty interesting, but I, I'm still not clear about the role that AATF plays here because the the AATF subsidizes the technology for farmers to give it to them royalty free and a, does AATF also work with the seed companies to ensure stewardship or how does this really work? AATF is playing a very critical role at this technology transfer. AATF is a is a organization that negotiated with the owners of the technology. In this case, the owner of the technology is Bayer Crop Science, uh, formerly Monsanto. So AATF negotiated it and got its royalty-free basis on royalty-free basis, and then the transformation and the development product development was funded from public sector sources. This time, the United States Agency for International Development, USAID. So, now being funded by USAID, the cost of the development is not charged to farmers because it's coming from the public sector sources. Now, but AATF 
being the responsible party and being the owner of the sub-license has a responsibility to ensure that the technology is managed prop properly. So now AATF, the role of AATF is to, you know, bring in both public and private sector bodies, organizations together. You know, AATF has studied the value chain, looked at the chain and looked and found out who are the players. AATF will not distort the normal market flow. So that's why AATF partners with the, uh, with, the, with the public sector organizations where necessary, like for the production and the maintenance of breeder seed. In this case, AATF works with a public research institute to make sure that this is done. And then from there, the AATF, together with the public sector institution, Institute for Agricultural Research, licenses this product to private seed companies to now produce the foundation seed, produce the certified seed, and distribute to farmers. I don't know if you get the approach. So, so AATF now follows through to ensure that the stewardship responsibility that the seed companies will have to fulfill is handed over to them, you know, through the license. And then AATF is also working with the public sector extension service to make sure that the public sector extension service mainstreams these stewardship activities into their everyday, into their routine activities so that farmers under them will be able to understand the responsibility. AATF also follows through to the farmers, you know, through monitoring and training to ensure that those stewardship guidelines are followed. So that is the role of AATF in the project as a people who has the license. Yeah, so in, in summary, it's, uh, what we just have to know is that the, the quality of the seeds, uh, farmers should be rest assured that the quality is being well checked by different organizations and it doesn't come at an extra burden exactly yes farmers um, should be assured that the system and the system atf has really been very transparent in every aspect of the work because from the beginning even while the product was being developed atf has always involved farmer organizations and even during the development, there was a time that AATF has to bring in farmers to do farmer-managed trials so that farmers are also carried along. In Nigeria, for this uh, cowpea, a lot of farmers are really aware of the products and the quality of the product because they have been involved in it. And remember, in Nigerian law, 
for a seed to be released as a variety, it has to go through national performance trials. And these national performance trials were conducted both on farm and on station at different locations, cowpea growing areas in Nigeria. So quite a number of farmers are already aware and they are demanding you know, the seed already because some of them that have been exposed have seen the difference. The difference is quite very clear. So they are already demanding for it. That, that is uh, so cool to know. But seeing that your organization, AATF, is just giving an intervention, how sustainable will this program be going forward when there are more biotech crops being released and there are more farmers accessing these products? How will, how will this stewardship program be? What we are doing at AATF now, knowing that it's mainly an interventionist approach, is to mainstream it into the core function of both the ministries, departments, and agencies that are in charge, as well as to hand it over is to the seed companies. Now, let me give you an example. There's a whole um, system of extension in Nigeria. Uh, there's a department of a federal department of extension of agri-extension in the, within the Ministry of Agriculture that is in charge of extension policies. Then there is um, the National Agricultural Extension Research and License Services. These, they you know, do extension research and they also train extension agents across the country. So what we have done in AATF, is to liaise with both the extension department and this um, national agricultural extension and extension research license services to find to mainstream stewardship activities into the core routine function of the extension officers and extension agencies public extension agencies so with this, we are confident that even when AATF exits the project, um, since it's a, a, it will already become a core activity, it will continue as part of their routine activities. Then through the sub-licensing agreement, part of the agreement we sign with the seed companies is for the seed companies to ensure that all those stewardship guidelines are maintained. So there's a contractual agreement between AATF and the seed companies to ensure that the seed companies will maintain, you know, and ensure and enforce these uh, stewardship guidelines on the farmers. Meanwhile, remember that uh, when it is licensed to the seed companies, it becomes their product. And so they have that obligation, contractual obligation, to ensure that it is implemented. So these are some of the sustainability plan, making sure that even when AATF leaves, the seed companies will be able to do their part as private entities 
and then the uh, extensions public extension service will also be able to do their part as a public entity so a combined force from the private and the public should be able to uh, ensure the sustainability of the stewardship practice in order to enhance the durability of the product in the hands of the farmers wow it's it's very soothing to hear all of this framework that is being put in place to ensure that the the biotech seeds or the biotech crops especially the ones that are upcoming will maintain its quality even after it's released or even even after it has entered the seed system if anyone wants to hear more about the stewardship program in aatf is there a website or a social media page they could go and find out more about this yes aatf website it's uh, is there but most of the most of the program like the stewardship we have technology use guide for every product which will even be in the seed package so everybody who buys every farmer who buys the seed is able to know exactly what to do from reading the seed package the technology use guide on the package and the package is written in both english and local languages so one of the things we are doing right now at the extension service is that they are translating this uh, technology use guide into local languages you know so that every farmer wherever you are will be able to have access you know to will be able to understand what is required and uh, luckily too the extension system has what they call farmer helpline that farmers already call in to get information so part of what we are doing that sustainability plan on stewardship is to train the people who manage the 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 helpline to understand what needs to be done and they have subject matter specialists who are already trained on the stewardship requirements stewardship guideline so at every point in time they will be able to provide to the farmers but for the stewardship requirements aatf website is available and then the part of the requirement for deregulation is also um for them to see the uh, the stewardship plan they demanded to see the stewardship plan which was also given to them and part of the of the documentation at the national biosafety management agency well wow, that's a, that's a, a world of information that you've shared with us there so what is the aatf website www.aatf-africa.org okay thank you so much and is there a social media account twitter facebook that they could also visit to learn more aatf africa you know it also has the twitter and it has the it's also on facebook and then another place to go is the offab open forum on agricultural biotechnology they also have a lot of information oh great that that that's very good and we hope um going forward that the biotech crops and its quality will 
be at its maximum at least to make sure that the farmers reap the great benefits of the biotech seeds we are very delighted to have you here at this um, podcast and thank you for giving us all of this insightful information we hope that in the future that we get to like use these tools to maximize productivity in the best way that we can and thank you all our listeners for tuning into the talking biotech podcast Please help us by writing a review on iTunes or share this episode over your social media networks. Your efforts and your listening helps us to share the science better. Thank you and talk to you some other time. The Talking Biotech Podcast presents the personal views of Dr. Kevin Falta and its guests. These are not the views of the University of Florida, its faculty, staff, or students. Comment on today's episode on the Talking Biotech Facebook page. Send comments and suggestions to kevinfolta at gmail.com. And remember, tell a friend, write a review, or float us a little love over on the Patreons. Your support will directly translate into this podcast and broadening science education efforts everywhere. You've been listening to Talking Biotech, sponsored by Calabra, the platform that bridges the gap between siloed research tools. With Calabra's electronic lab notebook, scientists can work together in real time sharing data and insights with ease. Revolutionize your research collaboration. Sign up for a demo today at collabra.app, C-O-L-A-B-R-A dot A-P-P.